0: High in fiber, no sugars added, are phrases commonly seen on many products being sold today. Many of us are easily influenced by these catchy phrases on products. Advertisers know exactly what to say to sell their products to us, but what else does the product contain? What is the product actually made up of? And is it really the best choice for you? KofsiCast is a CopsiFM podcast aimed at assisting you to achieve academic success, brought to you by the University of the Free State Student Affairs and the Center for Teaching and Learning, and today presented by the UFS Department of Nutrition and Dietetics. This forms part of the Eden Succeed series, and we're now going to speak to Leneil van Bosch about reading food labels to make better health choices. Leneil, good day. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm good, thanks. And yourself?
0: I am always well. Now let's start with food labels. Why is it important for us to read food labels?
1: Well, chronic diseases are related to unbalanced and unhealthy eating habits. So it's really important for us to make the correct choices to reduce our risk of developing these chronic diseases, which include stuff like diabetes and hypertension, which is high blood pressure. So, too much fat and sugar contribute to the development of overweight and obesity, which then results in increased risk for these chronic diseases. So, by reading the food labels, you can limit the amount of fat and sugar you take in while maintaining a healthy body weight and this will reduce your chances of developing these diseases. So if you have a product or two with a label nearby, you can just take a look at it as it will make it easier to master the skill.
0: What does food products consist of?
1: For better knowledge, you can always look at the ingredient list. Um, it's usually at the back or side of the product. The ingredients are listed from the most abundant to the least. So you can use this to see if a product contains anything you need to avoid due to allergies or any other reasons. If a product contains ingredients which are common allergens like your peanuts, um, like ingredients which cause rash or difficulty breathing or any other symptoms, usually companies will put it in bold and say allergens to alert the consumers to avoid it. But um, for us, more important it is reading the Nutrition Facts Panel.
0: What is the Nutrition Facts Panel?
1: The Nutrition Facts Panel is a label required on most food packages which just indicates the nutrients which are in food and the amounts of each nutrient. So the first column on the Nutrition Facts Panel indicates the energy and nutrients. This is if you're reading from top to bottom. For example, your protein, your carbohydrates, your fat. And then the second column usually indicates the nutritional value per 100 grams. The next column usually then indicates per serving, but this can change. So it's important for you to also just read the column heading to see for yourself.
0: Yeah, because if you read those panels, it always says serving size. What is that? And why on earth is that important?
1: (laughs) It's a good question. The serving size is the amount of food or drink that is generally served at mealtimes. It's important to check the serving size to avoid overeating. So one or two servings are usually enough, but it depends on your needs. The energy, sugar and fat per serving also provides you with better information about what you are actually eating.
0: Now, when you look at that facts panel, there's a lot of big, big words that I haven't got the foggiest idea what it means. What must I look at when reading these nutritional fact panels?
1: Well, we don't expect you to look at every little detail. So the three main things for us is the energy content, the sugar and saturated fat.
0: In most cases, we recommend lower energy. But why lower energy? Shouldn't it be higher energy?
1: Well, eating more energy doesn't mean that you're going to be more energetic throughout the day because the energy you don't use is stored as fat. So you should only eat enough energy to fuel your body for the day. But every person's needs differ. For example, we can look at three different vehicles we find on the road. So I'm going to use a motorbike, a car and a truck. The motorbike is smaller compared to the other two therefore it needs less petrol compared to a car and a truck to get from point A to B. Whereas the car is bigger than the motorbike and needs more more petrol or as we know it energy to get from point A to B and then the truck is the biggest of the three and needs way more petrol compared to the motorbike and car to get from point A to B. Therefore, the further you travel, the more fuel you need and use and the shorter the distance you travel, the less fuel you need and use. Your body is exactly the same. If you are active for longer, you need more energy. But if your day consists of just sitting and working in the library or on your laptop, you will need less energy. So the more work your body has to do, the more energy you're going to need. But the less work your body needs to do, the less energy you will need. So then if we look at how much petrol we put into the tank. If you put more petrol in than needed, the petrol simply stores in the petrol tank unless you do use it. But what happens if you put more petrol in than what you need? Your pet- petrol tank is just going to be fuller and fuller every day. And I know in South Africa this would be ideal. But what if your petrol tank was your body? Just like the three vehicles are different in size, every body is different. Every person has a different body type. And therefore the fuel needs and, or energy as we know it is different, different from person to person. But here's the catch. Our body isn't exactly like a petrol tank, we can, which can only hold a certain amount of litres. Our bodies have a growing tank which gets bigger and bigger to make more space for the extra fuel we keep adding. So if we keep adding the energy we don't use, our body is going to keep growing and unfortunately is not going to always be upwards but rather sideways. So the energy we don't use eventually is just stored as fat, fat which we don't want. That is why we want lower energy instead of higher energy.
0: Where can we find the energy content of a product to make this, well, obviously very important decision?
1: Well, energy is usually listed first on the Nutrition Facts panel. But just a quick tip for when you're checking the energy on the panel, make sure when you compare the energy of different products that it's in, it's in the same unit. So it can either be in kilojoules which is abbreviated as KJ or it can be in kilocalories which is abbreviated as KKL or KCAL. Um, But if it's not in the same unit, don't stress, Mr. Google can always help you convert it. But just to give you a better understanding, if product 1 has 200 kilojoules and product 2 has 500 kilojoules. Product 1 obviously has the lower energy content, but it's important to note that these units was the same. But if we're looking at two different products where product 1 has 200 kilojoules and product 2 has 200 kilojoules, then they do not have the same energy content. So 200 kilojoules is actually 840 kilojoules, which is way more. I think everyone can see why it's so important to compare it in the same unit. So when you are comparing, always ask yourself, is the energy in the same unit? Which product has the lower energy?
0: Now, Lenil, you said the second thing we need to look at is sugar. What do we need to know?
1: The Nutrition Facts panel shows us how much total carbohydrates are in the product, Carbohydrates are also sometimes given as glycemic carbohydrates, so you can check it's the same thing. So under that, it will usually indicate the fiber content and then the sugar content. So you should check how much of the carbohydrates is actually sugar, as sugar contains a lot of energy. So for example, the total carbohydrates of both products can be 20 grams. But when you look at the sugar content, product product, 1 can have 10 grams of sugar from the 20 grams of total carbohydrates where product 2 can have 5 grams of sugar so when comparing this it's obvious that product 2 is the better choice because it has the lower sugar content but it's important that we look at the overall picture so the general sugar recommendation is about 4 teaspoons per day depending on your energy needs but just to give you a better idea 1 teaspoon of sugar is equal to 5 grams of sugar on your Nutrition Facts panel. So if you look at the product in front of you or any product, we can use an energy bar for example. An energy bar contains generally about 20 grams of sugar. So this is literally 4 teaspoons of sugar all in one go, which is already the daily recommendation. Which means you can't have any more sugar for the rest of the day. So how much sugar does the product you have in front of you have? And next time when you want to buy a product or choose a product, remember to check how many teaspoons of sugar you'll be eating.
0: Oh, that is scary. Now, the third thing you said we should look at is fat. Why do we need to understand the fat content and how can we do this?
1: Well, food consists of different kinds of fats. Some are considered healthier than others. Unhealthy fats are your saturated fats and your trans fats. Your saturated fats includes butter, chicken skin and coconut oil, for example. And your trans fats is your chocolates, your fast foods, your deep fried foods and your pastries of your pies. And these are considered unhealthy because they increase your risk of developing your heart problems. Your healthy fats, on the other hand, are your monounsaturated fats such as your nuts, your olives, your avocado and then your polyunsaturated fats such as your sunflower oil which are healthier for your heart. But today we're just going to focus on the unhealthy fats because this is more important for us. So on the nutrition facts panel next to the heading fat in the first column it should give you the total amount of fat per 100 grams the next few rows on the nutrition facts panel under fats will indicate the different kinds of fats. If a product is low in fat, it should not have more than 3 grams of fat per 100 gram. Then it will be considered low in fat. But for now, we just want to look at the saturated fats row. So you don't have to worry about the rest. So let us use butter as a food, which represents the saturated fat. So, in other words, A teaspoon of saturated fat is the same as a teaspoon of butter. So when looking at saturated fat, you should imagine yourself eating butter with a spoon. As 5 grams of saturated fat is equal to 1 teaspoon of butter. So if you have a packet of potato chips which has about 10 grams of saturated fat in, it's the same thing as literally eating 2 teaspoons of butter. So how many teaspoons of butter are you going to eat per day? So next time when you're shopping and you're standing and considering that small bar of chocolate, which actually has about five teaspoons of sugar and two teaspoons of butter in, ask yourself these important questions. Am I overfilling my body with energy? How many teaspoons of sugar am I going to eat for the day? And how many teaspoons of fat or butter will I be eating for the day? This will definitely help you make better health choices.
0: Donil, this is indeed scary stuff. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much. It was great being here.
0: It was Leniel van Bosch talking about reading food labels to make better health choices and this forms part of the Eat and Succeed series. Copsicast is a Copsi FM podcast aimed at assisting you to achieve academic success brought to you by the University of the Free State Student Affairs and the Center for Teaching and Learning and today presented by the UFS Department of Nutrition and Dietetics.